Welcome to Kettlebells and Cocktails with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Good. I'm going to open a cocktail. It seems appropriate. Uh, excellent. What What's are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking beer, which I don't normally drink. Uh, Sam Adams, Wicked Hazy. Not an ad, Ooh. by the way, just, just for my liver. So if so, only, yeah. if only we had that, that Sam Adams money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's a brewer and a patriot. Yeah, that's great. And a New Englander. He's all the things I like. <laughs> Back when I was in college, Sam Adams had just come out. And everybody's like, hey, have you tried this new microbrew, Sam Adams? And at the time, it really was. You know, like they were like, I'm sure they weren't the original microbrew, but living in Nashville, it seemed like they were. Mm-hmm. And it was the only thing I drank for a long time. I know the other night I was in the grocery store. It was really hot here. I'm like, that looks good. I'm going to get one. And it says it's yeah. a juicy New England IPA. So like... <laughs> The only time describing anything as juicy is appropriate. Is I don't even then. I don't think it's appropriate. But it's a little off. Yeah. Now they're this like behemoth. Boston Beer Company is like just enormous. Yeah, they're running away with the world. It's good stuff. Yeah. So yeah. seemed like the thing to do. Someone this morning told me our show wasn't family friendly, so I thought I'd go all in with some beer on the show. Someone said that. Fuck that guy. <laughs> That's why. Thank I you for know, proving their point. I know. That's why I said it. That's why I said it. <laughs> but also, like, that's not the feedback I'm looking for. Bye. Oh, I don't even. It didn't bother me. I wasn't offended. I thought it was funny. So there actually were two funny parts to that. You know, the message was two minutes into the podcast and already cursing. You're not as family friendly as talking elite fitness. I'm like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, There's, it was just funny to me. To start. It was funny to me because I called you out on it. That was what was even funnier. But what was really funny was my mom messaged me. She's been bugging me, bugging me with love to uh, post the, you know, because we've got all this game stuff that we don't have video for. Like I've kind of delayed posting the other stuff that's just you and me. And uh, she's like, I want to hear about Nikki's baby. You have to post it. Like she's all invested in your kid and wants Aww. to hear all about it. So. Oh my God. I'll send some pictures. She's the sweetest and she loves babies. Nobody loves babies more than my mother. And, oh my um, God. and uh, so I posted them and she sends me this message. I should read it to you if I can find it, but she she just sends me the message and basically says, Oh my God, Nikki is the sweetest for not knowing that GD is a curse word. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I instantly don't want to swear now realizing that your mom listens to this podcast. Oh, it was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. And for those that, you know, if I've, I'm sure I've said it before, but you know, my mom's real religious. Like they spend yeah. a lot of time at church. And you know, I think I mentioned on the podcast, she's got, you know, like dozens of Bibles at home that are like worn thin from all her handwriting. Like she could, Aww. like, she's really impressive and, in, in her knowledge and her faith. And, uh, but I just thought it was really funny. And so telling of her to not be offended, to think that it was just really, you know, cute and funny. It was just like cute and lame. (laughs) She's like, Oh, that little demon's going to hell. How cute. Mm -hmm. Someone should save her. In the meantime, she cute. Bless her heart. For the record, for the record, that was true. I did not know that that was a sweet. Now I'm educated. Um, And also for the record, I think I just feel like I need to say out loud as as funny and sort of like snarky as we are on all things religion, because we just kind of like joke about it. I truly respect people um, of faith. And I love when people have like that really like pious faith, like your mom, like writing in the Bibles and my my husband's family is like that. His mom was like that. And I have a huge respect for it. So as much as we like joke about it, it's still like it holds a really special place in my heart. I love to see it. Well, it was the whole thing was funny to me. I'm wearing my Faith RX t-shirt, by the way, they gave me. Oh, hey, um, what does it say? Uh, it says it's not about me, which is oh, uh, definitely not definitely not my mantra. But not uh, this podcast. No, not this podcast. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just funny, like you know, kind of waking up to the comment. And I thought to myself, it didn't offend me, but I'm like, you know, I feel like I got to say out loud at some point. Like, I don't create content. I don't think we create content on this show for the listeners. We create it for us. Like this is just us talking to each other. And if people don't like it, there are family friendly shows. Sean and Tommy's is great. They're totally mm-hmm. family friendly. And I think she also mentioned uh, Craig and jazz and they're, you know, I would imagine they're family friendly best I can tell. And even buttery bros, like as crazy as they tend to be, they're family friendly too. This show ain't that <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> well, but what yeah. I mean by that is, um, 
I think that's the beauty of it is that, you know, like we're not going to, we're not CrossFit. We're not, we're not designed to cover the games. Like we're talking about our real lives and this is our real lives. Like I hate to break it to people. I'm going to just break it down. I cuss a little bit occasionally. Not me. Nikki Nikki cusses a lot. (laughs) No, come on. When do I have to stop cussing around my kid? That's the real question. uh, Oh, never. Never. Okay, my, good. Just making sure. I have so many good cursing stories from my uh, baby girls when they were little. So, uh, so many. <laughs> but I think you make a really good point. Like, part of why I love podcasts, why I wanted to start one, and why I listen to them vehemently on my own is because people get to make content and put out shows that reflect them and they just get to be themselves. And part of why I like podcasts is because I feel like it gives you a really intimate look into how those people are and how your conversations could be with them. Like I listen to podcasts all the time and I'm like, I feel like these people are my friends. This is how I would sit down and talk to them. This is how I would like listen to them, have a conversation. So, you know, I, I really love that we get to be ourselves and yeah, we, we maybe are like PG 13. So uh, listeners well, beware. <laughs> the, the good news for you, YouTube changed their policy. Now they allow casual cursing. Sorry, I know you're all in. You're what? all in. Yes. Hey. <laughs> well, you never wanted to take the time to bleep our episodes anyway, which I think would have been really funny. But yeah, it's a lot also of work, not man. your full time job. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't start this to do work, Nikki. Come on. I know. I know. So it was not not designed for that at all. It's just I don't know. The whole thing's just funny to me. Like this whole concept of social media and you know i'm gonna throw youtube into social media because that's what this is yeah, really yeah, yeah. that people feel entitled to tell you what you can and can't create and i'm out here thinking well you're entitled to watch what you want and to not watch what you want you're not entitled mm-hmm. to tell me what to create like it's like it's like the free market like i'm gonna create something if you want to watch it or if there's a market for it people will watch it if they don't like it they won't watch it because you know what there's a ton and i do mean a ton of content <laughs> out there to be had, especially podcasts and YouTubes, like every jack hole on the planet is creating oh, yeah. each, including yeah. us, you know, I was just going to say that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't get a lot of like, I don't get a lot of feedback or commentary that is negative. Like my, my followers are just very like organically. They, they showed up because they wanted to be there. Um, but I love when I get to tell someone to smash the unfollow button, <laughs> smash that button. If you don't like it, Bye. Oh, I haven't had to do that lately. And I would like I'm truly not even annoyed or upset anymore by people that do or don't want to follow. Like it doesn't bother me. Like I just I think I've kind of come to a point where I realize like people are gonna like you great if they're not also great. Yeah. You gotta do what makes you happy and and you know, live with yourself. And yeah. you know, I think we do a lot of good stuff. So I'm not, I think so I'm not too. Happy. And I think that context is so important. That's the one thing for me that like like, I love what we get to do. I love what I what I get to do when I need to be a little bit more professional because I'm on a stream or I'm on a broadcast or I can't swear because I'm on CBS Sports. Like, right. I love that I have, there's different parts of my personality that get to shine in different places. I love that you get to, like, talk about different things on your different shows or that you get to, like, have one kind of humor in a meme on your page and a different kind of humor when you, like, speak on a podcast. Like, I just love... Context is really important. So I think, you know, people can't, we're not a one-stop shop for all the things. And I think that's important for people to realize too. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's all weird. I think that's what people really lose sight of. They think that, you know, you get a lot of followers or downloads or whatever, and you get viewed differently. And I don't think people really under, like until you're doing it, you don't, it's hard to even explain, but it's hard for people to understand that it's really no different. Like having 400,000 followers is no different than having a thousand followers or 400 followers. Like you still get to say what you want to say. You just have fewer people yelling at you for it. (laughs) Well, I think, I don't think everyone thinks that. I think that the reason why your page is successful is because you feel that way and act that way. I think that sometimes people get caught up in the hype of needing to post things for likes or follows. And that's like, you've never been that. So I think that's why your page is still so authentic. Yeah. I've had moments like that. I feel like lately I've certainly given up chasing followers. Like I'm kind of in a, I don't 
care at all mentality when it comes to creating, you know, like it's just, I'm going to create what I want to create, say what I want to say. If you like it, great. I, to be honest, I've quit looking, almost quit looking at the comments completely. Not I was just going to say that that's good for you because I know that like for someone with a ton of followers, you still are very involved in the conversations and the comments and the DMs. Yeah. I've quit looking a lot. Now, a lot of that's because my work's really busy, but I've quit looking a lot. Um, and I've quit answering a lot of the DMs to some degree. Um, but I'm I'm also getting more DMs through the other podcast people like suggesting yeah. topics. And so that's been really healthy because it's positive di- you know, it's positive dialogue where people are going, Hey, I really like your concept or I like your mindset. Could you talk about this? Like they're asking for an opinion. And so that that's helped, you know, kind of the the mindset of going into things. So so that's been nice. I love your podcast with Ben. Sorry, not sponsored, but, <laughs> and I know we said this last time. Kind too, of sponsored. Kind yeah, of sponsored. Yeah. Um, I'm not getting paid to say this, but no, truly, if you guys haven't listened to it, please go and listen because it is, I don't know, John, it's so feel good. Like you guys are so casual and chill and like, it's a feel good show. And I love the topics you cover. I love, I just, um, went back and re-listened to like Ben talking about supplements. I think it was like back from episode two. Right. Um, and it was just, it was so insightful. It was so like, oh, I don't like, tell oh, him I, that. Yeah. Don't tell him. I said <laughs> that. Anyway, go listen to all of your, are you making a, a, a third one? Can I say that? Yeah. We're going to, we're before, to say before I get to that, we're doing a pregnancy episode in a <gasps> couple episodes just for you. Uh, one of his coaches show who's an amazing coach, amazing lifter. She just had her third baby. And, um, I, I love her content I'll send her, you her link so you can watch her. But for me, it's been really cool to watch what she posts because she's doing like right now she's in postpartum training and like almost every post has the baby in frame, you know? Mm-hmm. So she's like working out with the baby right there, which I think is, a, you know, not only a really great message, but you know, this is someone who's, you know, kind of a heavy lifter and a really good lifter and, and showing how to come back slowly, which I think is a great message. Um, yes. I reached out to her and asked her to come on. She's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I'm an expert, but I'm happy to talk. I'm like, well, you've had 300% more babies than me and Ben combined. <laughs> so, you know, and, and you're, you know, you've got all your CrossFit certifications and she's a heck of a good coach. You know? Yeah. So. I think that's great. I think that, and like, if you guys ever can get like a pelvic floor PT or someone like specifically trained on the show to do a different take on it. Like the, the very, I call it eating your vegetables. Like I'm doing a lot of physical therapy right now to just make sure that I can someday do double unders without peeing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Little things. It's the little things. I'm getting to that um, point. Yeah, I know. Um, I get it. I haven't even tried yet. So I don't know if I would or wouldn't, but I, I know I don't want to be like in my fifties needing to like pack pads into my gym bag. Um, so yeah, there's, a, there's a lot I'm excited to listen to it. And I love hearing other people's experience because this is one of the things that I feel like I've said to a lot of people who have DM'd me recently, especially just about the postpartum emotional stuff that we had talked about. It's crazy to me how different every single person's experience is who has carried a baby or delivered a baby or whatever. So incredibly different across the board. And yet what a shared experience the whole thing is. It's wild. So I'm just, I'm excited to hear someone who's had three babies and what her life is. Yeah. And I've I've had dozens of people message me and Ben. I'm like, you realize there's two guys, come on. Like neither one of us know anything about this, but I'll find Mm. someone. And it occurred to me, the show, we just had one and she's great. So, uh, and then, yeah, the third podcast, which I hesitate to call a podcast because I'm not sure that's what it is. It's more of a forum. Um, Danny, Danny Spiegel, our bestie, one of our besties. Yeah. And, and Alec reached, Alec Smith reached out to me and they go, Hey, we want a forum. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can give you forum. Like, and so like the concept is we're just, it'll be once a month. So it won't be anywhere near the volume of what you and I do or me and Ben do. It's going to be once a month just the three of us getting together and we're going to hear about Danny's foot stories and Alex thirsty tweets Yes, and all the craziness. And I'll literally just moderate. Like I'm sure I'll do very little. We'll just let those two talk about all the ridiculousness that goes on in their lives. And I, I'm not even sure I'll be able to do it with a straight face. 
I'm being I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm going to want to listen to it more than once a month. And I also am saying out loud right now, I want a guest slot at some point. Oh, of course. Well, and we, we need we'll to get Danny back on here anyway. because Yeah, she's still, we do. She should be a monthly visitor as it is. She's yeah. one of our favorite people. But. Kettlebells and cocktails with John and Nikki and sometimes Danny. Exactly. <laughs> please, please. Exactly. Please. So, yeah, can we so talk about your on. trip? Can we, speaking of a lot going on, can we talk about you just getting back? Oh, yeah. Ma- what, Masters Fitness Collective? Yes. Uh, that was fun. I um, I was kind of bummed because it's the same weekend as the teen throwdown, the Pit Fitness team throwdown that I went to a year ago that, you know, I just, I mean, you know, I just have a special kind of place in my heart for teenagers. I have two teenagers and, and these kids are all super special. Mm. And uh, actually Maggie, who was on this week's or last week's episode, the one we released on Sunday, uh, won it. Like she won the 19 year old division. And so cool. Yeah. Very cool. But I digress. Um, I got invited to go to the, the master's fitness collective and I'm like, all right, I'll go watch these old people throw down. And yeah. now I feel these, really these geezers. <laughs> yeah. I feel really out of shape now. Cause yeah. these, you know, we got 60 year olds out there with abs and doing handstand, literally doing handstand walks and legless rope climbs. And I mean, it was, it, they were hard workouts, Nikki legless rope climbs, crazy heavy front squats and overhead squats and, they're doing 25 or 20 foot handstand walks and it was nuts and Ew. really, really impressive though. And, and for me, like I walked away from it with the kind of a newfound, um, I hate to call it newfound, but with a renewed sense of how CrossFit helps people's longevity yeah, and, and can help them live, you know, better lives, kind of, you know, longer now that, you know, these are still you know, elite athletes, you know, but, but, you know, there were a bunch of, you know, it was a big difference though, between this group and games athletes. Like there were a few games athletes there and you could really see the gap between those people and those that had qualified. But, but even then it was like really cool to see, you know, you got these people out there that are probably the best in their gym somewhere, not games level, but they're really good, you know, and they're just out there giving it their all. And, and, it was three days of hard events. They had a swimming event, which you don't see that a lot in these type of yeah. events. They did any, any movement you can name was pulled off in that, that week, that weekend. And it was, you know, really kind of a first class put on event. It was in a Coliseum. It was dog friendly. So you could bring your dogs in, which <gasps> was kind of cool. Yeah. That part was really cool. cool. And um, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I, I could probably just, you know, go on and on about how all the workouts and how I want to try them all, but they'd all kill me. Um, but super you impressive. And, you and Ben should go through how you would scale all them. Well, I think we've talked about that a little, and we may do some of that. Um, I want to do some of the workouts. I'm more, I, you know, I know the guy that runs it, so I'll reach out to him and, and get them and maybe run through a few of them. You know, for me, the interesting part is really figuring out, like, how did these – 55 and 60 year old men and women learned to handstand walk. Yeah. And some of them really good, by the way, like, you know, some of them were, you could tell still like learning the skill, but for me, it's really impressive. You know, like, you know, I'm 51 and I gotta tell you, like every day is a gamble. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) it it is. Yes. It is like, you know, I, I feel close. (laughs) Like you don't take this wrong, but like, as I've been following your pregnancy journey, it's like, I can really sympathize because I I'm kind of in a moment right now where I feel like I'm coming either, you know, my fitness is sliding or I'm trying to come back to where I was before, you know, like you have peaks and valleys in your fitness. I'm in right now I'm in a Valley okay, and I'm, I'm working hard to get back to where I want to be, you know, and that's really frustrating. And, and, uh, you know, you got to check your ego when you go into workouts, when you, you do that. And, um, you know, so watching these 50 year olds out there handstand walking, I'm like, man, look at these guys, you know, and a lot of them doing, you know, 20 feet unbroken, just plowing through it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what's up with this? Let's P test all these guys. You know? yeah. <laughs> Nobody here is clean. <laughs> well, that's what you want to do when everybody's fitter than you. Right. Um, matter of fact, I said, I even said out loud once this guy won his heat and he was my age. And he rips off his shirt at the finish line and dude is shredded. I'm sure. Looks like 
Brad Pitt and Fight Club shredded, <gasps> like literally 12 pack. And I'm like, I literally said a lot. I'm like, I hate that guy. <laughs> and he looked like the <laughs> nicest guy ever. Of course. You of know, course he, he was. He just looked like the nicest dude. You know, and I'm like, I hate him. Screw that guy. You know, oh. um, but, Man, how these people get so fit. And, you know, Ma- I, I've said this before. I believe that master's athletes are probably the fittest athletes in the entire sport of CrossFit relative to life because all of them, none of them are full-time athletes. You know, you can get really good at something yep. if you dedicate eight, 10, 12 hours a day to it. Um, they all have lives, they have families, they have full-time jobs. A lot of the women have had children like that. So relative to life, I truly believe that master's athletes are the fittest athletes in all of the sport mm-hmm. of CrossFit. Um, and like you said, like, I wonder how, when you're over 60 and you've only been CrossFitting for a few years, CrossFit's only been around for a few years. Like, how did you yeah. <laughs> fall into this and be like, now at 57, I must learn how to walk on my hands and get good at it. Yeah, well, and they are good at it. That's the crazy thing. I don't know. Like, it's just interesting. It, I also come away from these events wishing we had a bigger community. Like, there's just never enough people in the stands for me mm. to re- to really feel like, the events are worth it. Like I know it's worth it for the athletes. They get a lot out of it. And this was a really well-run event, like really yeah. well-run, you know, ran on time. Programming was great. You know, good judges, like, you know, really no complaints and really good venue even, you know? Um, but you know, it's like, it's always at a third, the capacity it could be, you know? Yeah. And I, I get it. Like, you know, it was a Labor Day weekend. There's a lot of people traveling and, you know, even so people don't go out necessarily, you know, watch CrossFit, but, um, yeah, I would be hard pressed to like go to an event that I didn't either know someone at or that had like, you know, big name athletes that, that had a draw. Yeah. My, the the only miss I thought they had, this isn't, and this is not a complaint. So if, uh, you know, those of you that run the event, if you, if you hear this and you know, it's, this is not me complaining. Yeah. Is they did they didn't have um they didn't have you guys on the floor. So there wasn't like, you know, they had people announcing it, you know, but it wasn't Larry and and, and Mike and Mike, you know, Logan. just like yeah. Yeah, there's just like a lot of talent, you know, that you guys have and and you know, that's a learned skill. People think you can just go out and grab a mic and and MC an event. And I've done one before and trust me when I tell you I'm in front of a mic a lot, I can't do that. Like that's hard. Like to Oh yeah, talk. no. To remember names you know. and talk on the fly and they weren't bad it's just like but you know you know larry's special on the mic no you know so good did i ever tell mic. you about the time that i had to mc no Give it up. <laughs> i am abysmal at emceeing people think that like <laughs> if you have a microphone in your hand it's like the same shit no matter what so right. they were like this was uh i have reported at uh the dubai crossfit championship for the last like four years this was maybe like my second year there where they were like, Hey, could you like step in for James a little bit and like give him some relief on the mic? And I was like, I, I don't do that. <laughs> like I have a right. microphone that does not mean I'm an MC literally like ask any of the MCs to step in and do sideline reporting. And they will be like, no, I'll shit my pants. Like it's right. a completely different job. You get nervous about it. You get scared because it's not what you do and you prepare differently. And it, it's not the same thing. And I said that and I was like, I, I wanted to be helpful. <laughs> I was like, you really need me. Like I can try, but like, please know this so is hard. not my job. This is not my job. I, wow. Like I could feel the hate coming from the stands. <laughs> like I could feel people being like, who is this chick? Who gave this bitch a mic? Like, please take it away. It was awful. Do you remember when we had, um, uh, Griffin Raleigh on the show. Yes. And he was laughing about how everyone on the, like, for some reason, Mads kept calling him Justin Royal on the, <laughs> on the podcast. That's a, that's a great name for him though. Justin it is Royal. excellent. I called him Griffin roll for like <laughs> three events in a row. <laughs> it's so hard. Like you got to pronounce names and then you have uh, to remember who they are from looking at them. And like, I'm lucky to remember your name on the show. Like, I know it's just hard. I know. know. So Shout out to Logan and Larry at games this year did all of like teens and masters and adaptive. 
the two of them, I didn't see them at all during games. And normally we like go out for dinner every night right. and have a drink when I was super pregnant, but you know what I mean? Um, they stayed up studying every single night and listening to like the audio files of the athletes saying their own name and like reading and where they're from and what gym they're from, like hundreds of athletes they had to do that for this year at games. So like, shout out to them. Seriously. Look, so the, and here's how hard it is. And you can even hear it on the last episode with Maggie Perrin. I said to her, I'm in that stupid, uh, strong coffee van. And I said to her, Maggie, give me the pronunciation of your last name. And we go live and I can't even remember it 30 seconds after she told me. So like, Mm -hmm. it is a skill to like, yeah be able to go on the air and not only remember one name, but you know, you remember dozens of names and getting the pronunciation right and where they're from. And man, I don't know how they do it. Me so. either. I'm, I'm not okay at it. Not okay at all. <laughs> well, I just, for me, that's, I think that's a big part of the experience for the athletes. So I would have liked to have seen that the people they had were fine. Yeah. Like, again, this isn't a complaint. I'm certainly not saying the two that they had doing it were bad. It's just like, you know, I think there's something special about hearing the same voices that do it at the games and there is not expensive to get those guys for whatever it's worth, but yeah, there is, there is something it's only happened to me one time and it was at winter classic. Oh yeah. 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 I had, yeah. uh, I worked out, I did that event and yeah. it is weird. Like, of course, you know, it was Mike was calling that one the day I did it. And and, you know, I hear him call it the, the first time it happened, though, is that first event, the first master's main event I did that I was is way prior to make what's great again. The event I won, he called that event. And even then oh. it was and I didn't know him at the time, you know, and it was really special to like, you know, have someone that the voice you've heard before you've, you know, yes. heard on the live stream or if you've been in the games, you've you know, seen it and heard it. It's cool. I agree. Yeah. At winter classic one year, someone's partner straight up didn't show up for one of the events and they asked (laughs) me to jump in and I was like, Oh my God, fine. Um, and Larry called it and I've never had in all the time I've worked in this field. Like I've never had that experience before. And you are right. It was so special. You feel like a rock star. Yeah. Well, it you made were wearing, me feel like a rock star. You were wearing your gold sparkle rock star belt. Mm-hmm. I remember. Still have it, by the way. I literally, my face, and I know you guys talked about this on your other podcast. So, like, shame on me for like loving my belt so much as a piece of equipment. But I have had the same two pood sparkly belts for mm-hmm. a bazillion years. They stopped making it that way because it has a D ring on the back, right. and the vel, you know, the Velcro gets cruddy after a while. Yep. Like oh, it's yeah. just it's been in your bag. It's mine's covered in dog hair or whatever. I sent it back to Tim at two pood. And he sent it to his mom because (laughs) she's like not professional at all, but just like handy with a sewing machine. Right. And they replaced the Velcro for me and shipped it back to me. My mom would do that for you. Right. Mom's for the win. Yeah. She'd do that for you. How sweet. That's the event we met at. Yes. Luna Classic. Yeah. Yeah. There's going way back for the listeners. Oh, we were way, just babies. Way, I know. I was just thinking about it. I think I even asked you then if you'd ever consider doing a podcast because I was just thinking about it. I had not started one yet and was still like kind of plotting, you know, what's next for the page. I've, you know, I had 35,000 followers and thought I was the shit. So I'm like, oh, I'm super famous. I'm so famous, but no one knew who you were. I know you were still anonymous. I think when you posted the picture of you on the podium, the first time you like, uh, orange kettlebelled over your face. Like it was a big thing. Like who's the mystery man? Who's the guy? Yeah. Well, I was worried in those days. I'm not worried anymore. So Uh, so long ago, so long ago, we have a good episode tonight. Uh, or, Whenever this post, <laughs> it's <laughs> night right now. I don't know when I'm posting this, but uh, Sage Bergner, who is weightlifting royalty. Yes, that is so cool that you guys had a chance to catch up. I would say of all the episodes I did um, at the game, there were three that I did at the games that I thought, man, I wish Nikki was here for this one. And that was one of them. Really? She is so good. And matter of fact, I'm going to take some credit for talking her into starting her own podcast. When she was so good, when it was over, I said to her, why don't you have, like, you're so good on the mic. Why don't you have a podcast? You have a lot to say. And she goes, well, I've got one, but I've, you know, I'm 
I started it and then I didn't. And so we talked it through and like within a couple of days later, she kicked off her podcast again called the basic, uh, called the uh, bad bitch podcast. Yes. Which I love. Girl. Love it. And yeah, it's great. And uh, she's anyway, she's very cool. And we didn't talk a ton about CrossFit. We talked a lot about our kids (laughs) and, you know, how you deal with life and, and everything that throws at you as a single parent and all that fun stuff. And, you know, we talked about fitness too. And, you know, in her case, what it's like, you know, being the daughter of a celebrity and at least in our world, you know, yes, like a legend, a legend. Yeah. That's probably better. But, um, so yeah, it was a fun conversation. I think you'll like it. I think everybody else will like it too. And, uh, I'm pretty sure it was the only podcast I did that had the same level of cursing that you and I have. So it's perfect for this episode. I feel right at home already. Yeah, I don't think I could have you and her on the same podcast. I'd I'd spend too much time editing it. I'd just be bleeping hand over fist. I could just get so foul. I'd be like, all right, well, I'm tapping out. This is bad even for me. So well now, now we don't have to do worry about it because YouTube is finally up to speed. Yeah. Well, as long as it's casual. I don't know how many you can have before it's considered gratuitous. I think you're normally pushing the level as it is anyway. So, oh my well, God, there's a limit. The limit does exist. The limit does exist. And I, I think you're probably right on the edge of it most days. I feel like I'm there. I feel like I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. You should. Yeah. You should see me in my regular life. Is what I was well, I'm sure every, I'm sure everyone's going to know before we sign off and move over to Sage. How's Hunter doing? How's our boy? Dude, he's getting big. Awesome. He's getting huge. Okay. You are the one that always notices. When he's like, like, you'll tell me first, like that he's starting to look bigger, that like his cheeks are filling out or whatever. He, um, he gained three pounds in his there first five weeks. So he's growing like a weed, which is awesome because he was born on a little bit on the smaller side. And I am officially just opening Nikki's dairy farm because that's right. all I do. Well, it's what you're supposed to do. I know, but like my nipples are tore up. <laughs> oh, good luck with that. I have no advice for you, but. <laughs> That yeah. like pulled a muscle at the gym the other day and was like complaining that his muscle was sore as there's like a tiny human, like literally like tearing up my left nipple. I was like, tell me again how, how much pain you're in. No comparing injuries. You're both, both your injuries are valid. No, except comparing. mine are worse. Yeah. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe yours aren't going away anytime soon. That's the difference. Ain't like, that the truth? His can heal. Yeesh. Yours is going to go on for another year or so. <laughs> but, right. Right. Um, but anyway, well, no, he's, he's great. It's awesome. We're settling into a routine and I'm feeling a lot more like myself these days. So progress every day. Nothing's perfect. Nothing's a hundred percent yet either. Uh, you know, emotions are a crapshoot. So some yeah. days are good. Some days are not, but getting better every day, which is the trajectory we want to be on. Well, as an outsider looking in, it seems like you guys are doing great. I'll tell you the the thing I love about the baby photos is that when you, you know, because I don't see them every day, I, you can start to see babies come alive uh-huh. through photos. And like their first week or two, you know, they have zero emotions. They just need to feed, poop and sleep. That's it. Yeah. They're just, they have dead eyes. Like they, they don't even totally. Focus. Yeah. They can't even focus. Like, you know, like they don't know what they're looking at. And then when they start recognizing faces and things, then they start to come a lot. You see like a twinkle, you know, mm-hmm. and like Saxon brought his twins up yesterday to the gym and they're getting really big and they mm-hmm. are adorable. I don't know what it is about pan checks that make beautiful babies. Why the whole family, all of them, every pan check baby is gorgeous. Like everyone is, and they all look alike. Everyone is ridiculous. Anyways, he brings up the girls and they're beautiful, but same thing. Like they got that little twinkle in their eye. They're smiling. They're looking around like they're starting to recognize stuff, you know, and, and I, I uh, see it in Hunter in your photos. Like he's starting, yeah, I can just see it in his eyes where he's starting to yeah. see things, you know, and to me, that's we got our truth. first, we got our first real like smiles this week, real, like he's not just taking a poop and like smirking, <laughs> you know what I mean? That makes Straining. me smile, right? I mean, I'm strained like the best yeah. of them, but uh, no, we got our first, like, for real, he, like, saw us and smiled, and both Matt and I were like, <laughs> Right. And I'm officially that parent now. Hey, sorry, not sorry. Hey, look, it gets better. You know, all of it gets better, and every stage continues. You've learned kind of new things through them, but I think these are the fun ones. Like, the little, you know, the baby steps, for lack of a better yeah. term, all the little things that start connect together to make them into a human is just really cool. It's cool. It's very cool to see. I never thought I would be the person to say this, but like having a kid is fucking rad. 
Yeah. And I didn't want kids for so long, for so long. I was adamant. Um, and you know, like changed, changed my mind and then went for it. But it's, I just, I never thought I'd be that person, but is so, so cool. The coolest thing ever. It is. It really, yeah. Wait till they're telling you which colleges are going to go to. And you start <sighs> calculating that cost. Cause that's where <sighs> I am right now. No, I truly can't picture like having a actual human. I can only like see having a baby right now. So like, that's, I can't, I can't even get there mentally. It is a weird journey. And I'm sure there are people listening that have, have already experienced this journey, but like going from where you are, which is, I just got my first smile to where mm-hmm. I am, where Megan's giving me her top five colleges and, and telling me why they're in her top five. And there's four others behind that, that she's already disqualified. You know, it's like, it's such a, there's such a big gap between here and there, but it's also so short. Really? It's just, it's really mind blowing how fast it went and, you know, how much happened between there. And, you know, there's so, you know, thousands upon thousands of stories and memories and all those firsts that you're going to experience. But it's also like, it's really bittersweet. It was like, man, that's over. You know, you know, and now I got to talk her out of going to Purdue. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <It's> like, <laughs> no, I get it. I totally get it. Cause I'm already like, I mean, I've had, I had a rough go at it with postpartum and you know, my, my nipples are cracked and whatever. And it, this is hard. This is really hard, but I can already tell that I will miss the like newborn snuggle phase. So I already, like, I'm not even out of the woods yet. And I have plenty of rough days, but I already understand why people are like, okay, when are we doing this again? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, look, you, snuggle phase happens for a long time though. That's the good, the good news. Okay, good. Like my girls all the way up until like seven and nine, were still crawling in bed with me in the middle of the nice. night and coming in and wanting to snuggle with daddy and, and, good. uh, you know, so you got, a, you got a long time for that, but I get it. You know, it's. It does go away quickly. Yeah. So, well, I'm happy for you guys. He looks great. And uh, little, uh, little Hunter getting big. Wow. Still want to call him Axel. I may call him Axel anyway. But. Plenty, plenty of people do who listen to the show. I have fully accepted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's allowed. There we go. All right. Well, fun as always. Always. And uh, yeah, so we'll kick it over to Sage Bergner. And we got a lot more episodes coming from the games, but this will be, uh, you know, kind of our probably. I think we're kind of the midway point yeah. when it comes to game shows, and uh, and then we'll be back on our regular schedule. So for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining us tonight, and we will chat with you soon. Hey guys, welcome back uh, to our series with the interesting voices here in the CrossFit communities, live at the CrossFit Games, and I got a fun one. One of my Insta buddies. Uh, Sage Bergner, you guys will probably recognize that name from Weightlifting Royalty. <laughs> Is that the right way to phrase, should I phrase it like that? Yeah, I, I like that. I think it's true. I think you guys are royalty. Yeah, oh. I think we like to believe that we are, <laughs> at I think, least. I think the community <laughs> believes that you guys are. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's, it's certainly uh, the biggest name in the sport, I think, or at least the most recognizable, what people, when they think of uh, Olympic lifting within CrossFit. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's cool because so many of the specialty people have come in and out throughout the years in CrossFit. And my dad is actually the pretty much the only remaining OG from the very, very beginning in terms of specialty courses that has consistently stuck around. You know, he, Greg Glassman approached him back in like 2001 or so. And my dad is just been really good at keeping the drama level low and he's been very grateful for everything that CrossFit has provided for his family and and for him and whatnot so yeah it's kind of cool that he's like been around all this time and has built that legacy for all the Bergners well and now that they're getting him on the broadcast from time to time he's building a legacy of saying uh rude and loud things to people which I love I was dying laughing at some of the things that he was saying I can't tell you how many people have said to me please someone please get this guy on every broadcast I know he's perfect and I 
you know, my mom will get, she's like the one person that's not awestruck by him all the time, right? She likes to keep him humble, keep him grounded, even though he's the most humble person that I know. Um, And she's like, you can't just say whatever you want to say whenever you want to say it. And he's like, yes, I can. And he's always been that way. It's not like, you know, he got to be a grumpy old man and just started having no filter. He has absolutely always been that way. Oh, see, now I'm disappointed because <laughs> I want to be a grumpy old man with no Me filter. Too. I'm looking forward to that time. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm still at the age where I have to be polite to people. I don't want to get to the age where I can just, just drop random F-bombs at church and people are just like, oh, it's just how he is. You know? Oh, you know, that's just him. That's just him. He's in his 70s. <laughs> Forgive him, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, but you're not quite there yet. Well, let's talk about you. So uh, I've been following you for a while. You're a hell of a good lifter. Thank you. And uh, I think you post really cool content. For those of you guys who don't follow Sage, you should, because it's really cool content. How long have you been doing that? Posting content or yeah. Olympic weightlifting? Uh, both. Um, I have been doing the Instagram scene since like I think 2016 2017 um, that's kind of when it started to transition more into like oh I should use this as a platform to like help people with their Olympic lifts um, and then as I continue to do that I also really like to write I've always loved to write I've had a million journals, million diaries in my day. And so I kind of started to write some of my feelings down as well on Instagram and share with people and got a lot of people, a lot of good feedback from that. Like, Oh my gosh, thank you for talking about depression or anxiety or things like that. And so I kind of use it for both. I like to write my super deep stuff. And then I like to use it as also educational for weightlifting as well, or share funny shit that my kids right. say. <laughs> well, I think that's the one thing I've loved about your page. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not just, all right, let's, you know, see this lift, whatever it may be. It's, you know, you're one that will come in and and drop a big, hey, F you haters, you know, right. which I, as someone who gets a lot of haters, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, and you put very personal stuff, both in the stories and on your page itself. Right. Um, you know, so I, I appreciate the fact that you're doing that for the community. Do you, do you, struggle with it at all like like I struggle with it all the time yeah for sure (laughs) social media is a really hard thing for me actually um and in probably the last two months or so I've been deleting the app off of my phone Instagram app off of my phone until I have something that I feel is worthy of posting and then I'll re-download it post it really quick and then delete the app again um and it's it's a struggle for me because I literally am completely financially dependent on social media. It's where I get my remote athletes. It's how I schedule all of my bad bitch camps. Um, it's how we promote our Bergner Strength courses. Like it's such an amazing avenue, and I, I feel so grateful for it. Like truly, I feel grateful for it. I come to the games. You know, and I'm not saying this in an arrogant way, but like having people come up to me and tell me how helpful videos are or how helpful posts are, it makes me so thankful that I have that opportunity to connect with people all over the world. And then there's just this like whole other side of it that is such a facade, sorry, such a facade. um, And it blows my mind like when people say to me like do you post all of your own stuff on Instagram or do you have other people post it for you and I'm like what like people people do that they like have other people running their page um so that part is hard for me I I think authenticity is really important to me it's really big for me I want people to feel like when they come up and meet me in person that I am exactly the person that they think that I am on social media. I don't I don't want them to ever come like one of my biggest fears is someone coming up and meeting me in person and just being like, "Wow, I thought she was a totally different person right. based off of how she portrays herself on on Instagram." Do, do you set your own rules for that? Like I have my own set of rules for how I the things I will and won't post, the things I will and won't say, the things I'm willing to do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of my own, my own self-policing. Do you have any of that for yourself? My 
policing is that I don't allow myself to um, scroll too much, like get into this mindless scrolling. Um, I don't allow myself to follow people that don't that bring anything other than like joy to me when I watch their page. And in terms of things that I post, um, I don't really have that many rules for myself. I think because I'm I can be very like emotionally driven. I'm working on that by the way. A very emotionally driven. I kind of just try to like whatever's on my heart, that's what I post. And I don't I, I try not to filter too much because again, my my biggest priority is authenticity. Right. So well, those are good rules. I mean, I, I wish I had the ability to not scroll. I know I, I know everyone's going, well, you can. You can't really when you're creating content that I do. Exactly. So, so I have to look at a lot of social media to get good pictures and images and ideas. Oh, yeah. And, but it can be exhausting. Yeah. Sure. And, and whether, I mean, I like to consider myself a, a confident person. Like, I definitely struggle with self-doubt and I, I struggle with esteem at certain times um, and I think it's on this like subconscious level when I'm scrolling and I'm looking at like all of this content that other coaches are putting out or other other females my age are putting out it's so hard not to compare I mean I, I fall into that trap of like I need to be doing more like I need to be putting more out there I need to be getting more content out there and and I hate that because it takes away my creativity, right? If I feel pressured to post something just because it, I think that I have to right. or I'm supposed to, then I don't feel like that is genuine. And so that's, I think, why I try to not scroll so much, just because I, I don't want to find myself comparing to anyone. I need, I need to really, it's important for me to stay true to me and not be doing something because someone else is doing it well and when you when you struggle with self-esteem like i struggle with self-esteem i've got anxiety and and battle depression from time to time so i feel like it's like the triple three it's just so hard to deal with right yes and if when you start comparing yourself to others you're making it worse you're feeding that beast yeah it's horrible yeah it really is and and that's exactly it when i the times i find myself scrolling there is a direct correlation with how anxious I feel. Right. And so when I, when my anxiety was really high the past six months or so, I was like, you know what? I need to just take a little break from social media. And I really felt a big difference um, with that anxiety. It's been a huge help. Are you, are you finding people that are battling the same things reaching out to you and yes. talking about it? Yes, which is why I still talk about it. Um, I think it is hard for me sometimes to to be so open and vulnerable about um, things that I struggle with, with anxiety and depression, because there's this whole other side of me that is a very, very strong woman who is supposed to be building and leading strong women. So that's kind of like my passion, those bad bitch camps. I bring a group of women together and I... and help them kind of discover this bad bitch inside of them, right? And so for me, I think I have to be a bad bitch all the time if I'm expected to help lead these women and so that they feel like they can trust in me to lead them. And so when I share those those, um, doubts or insecurities or any of those vulnerabilities with the world, I almost always have this like moment of man should I have shared that like maybe people don't need to know that about me how can they trust me to lead them if they know that about me but it's actually had the adverse effect where people have more so been like it's so nice to know that I see you in this light and to know that you also struggle with these things. And that's all that I want people to feel is like, hey, you can be both. You can be a, a, a human, an individual that embodies so many strong things and so many not so strong things. And that doesn't make you any less in any way. I mean, as cheesy as that sounds. but It's not cheesy. I, look, I've got... Um People expect me to be one way, you know, like funny all the time. Yeah, and fortunately, I'm hysterical. But uh, 
No. You are. Yeah, no, look, they expect me to be funny all the time, and when they find out that, you know, maybe I'm dealing with anxiety, and this, you don't deal with it every day. I think that's the misnomer. Like, people think, oh, you've got anxiety, you must always be anxious. Absolutely not. No. Oh, you have depression, you must always walk around sad. No, actually, most depressed people are more like me than not. They're pretty funny people. 100%. You know? And so, you know, I think people fail to see that, and it it makes Instagram in particular, or just social media in general, really, really hard. Because yes. when you are something different than they see, then they're like, you know, who are you? Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. And but, I, I like to justify it by saying that I just have a lot of depth to me, right? Yeah. So being funny, you like, I totally agree. You need an adequate amount of trauma in your life to be funny. It's what, whenever I mess up with anything parenting related, I'm like, yes, now they're going to be a little bit funnier when they're older because I just added that dash of trauma in there. Well, that explains why my kids are hysterical. <laughs> exactly. I hope, I hope they listen to this at some point. They're going to be like, holy crap, that did it. Thanks, Thank Dad. Thank you, Dad. How many kids do you have? I have two kids. Right. I have an eight-and-a-half-year-old boy and then a five-year-old girl. Oh, you've got the good ages. Yeah. They don't even know you're dumb yet. That's the best. <laughs> Mine found out I was an idiot at 10. I remember the day it happened. This is an absolutely true story. Oh, I, my the, God. Mine are Mira and Megan are their names. They're now 19 and 17, almost 20 and 18. Oh, my and gosh. the younger one comes to me, and she's like, hey, Daddy, can you help me with my homework? Mm-hmm. Of course I can, baby. You're in middle school. I can help you. <laughs> so she's like, "Here, we're doing geometry. Now, back in my day, we only did geometry in high school. Right. And it's been a long time since high school. <laughs> So she shows me whatever the problem was. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Hold on. Let me respond to this text message real quick. (laughs) She's like, are you Googling this? She totally called me out. I'm like, yes. You could see it in her face. You could see the light in her eyes dim. Just pure disappointment. Just like my dad is not as smart as I thought he was. That Actually, was the day. That was you it. have two girls, and it took all the way till ten for them to figure that out. So that's you're actually doing pretty well. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> you know, and then you get after that, then they become teenagers, and you lose them completely. Yes. For about two and a half years, they go to their room. You don't see them at all. Mm-mm. And then they come come back down. And when you're a dad, I don't know what it's like, you know, with moms. But as a dad, daughters still want to be around their daddy. And so they come back down. Right. And now, you know, now we're at the stage where we're watching movies together and playing Aww. games together and like, you know, hanging out and you know, best buds. But it only gets better from there. My dad and I's relationship has continued to flourish ever since I got out of my teenage years too. So that's awesome. I think it will. They're both really funny. They. Uh, you know, they have great hot, and I have one that's a gamer, and like, Aww. because I'm a nerd, I like, she wants me to play <laughs> games with her, and, and so we'll Aww. do that some, and uh, yeah, they're good. That is awesome. It's hard, though. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard being a parent. It is so hard. It's, I, and mom guilt is like a very real thing. So pretty much anything you do as a mom, you second guess. Or maybe that's just me, but I have talked to a lot of women who feel the same. It's like constantly reassessing and questioning and being like, did I just say the right thing? Did I make the right decision? Do I need to go back and like have a heart to heart with him about this? Like I, and then trying to balance that out with like the enjoyment factor because it goes by so fast. And for me, like I, I want to be, I'm a single mom. So like I try to be all the things for both of them. And they're, luckily, their dad is also in the picture, and he's, like, a phenomenal dad. Such a good dad. So I'm very, very lucky and grateful for that. But, you know, they're with me a lot of the time and just me. And so I'm like, okay, I got to be the mom. I got to be the dad. I got to be the hard ass. I got to be the nurturer. And so, like, trying to fill all those roles is is so hard. And, like, I just look at them, and they're these beautiful, special humans and I'm like am I gonna just completely fuck them up I'm sorry I cuss a lot uh, sorry you, have, you you... Met, have you met Nikki <laughs> because... I don't think I have okay but... I, I literally spend half of my time editing our podcast to drop out her <laughs> f-bomb so you're fine okay won't be a big deal. I'll try to uh, work all on it want, but I probably want, won't so <laughs> yeah 
yeah. So, I mean, I just, I look at him like, I really hope that I don't screw these kids up because ultimately I feel like a lot of it falls on the parents. So, yeah, it's a hard, hard job. Yeah, you know, I, um, I worried about that a little when mine were younger, probably about the age yours were. And at some point, I, it, it occurred to me that as long as you're present and you're actually in their lives and you care, yeah, you know, like that's the most important thing. Like they need to know you're going to be there for them. They know you're, they figure out you're going to make mistakes. Like Megan figuring out I can't do geometry, you know, <laughs> she hasn't asked me that question anymore. That's she learned. the only mistake you've ever made. Mm, yeah. That's, that's the story I'm going with. I'm, yeah. if, if I had them on the podcast, I'm sure they would absolutely give you a different version of events. No doubt about it. It's hard though. It is hard. I think for all of us as a, you know, I'm a single dad. It's the same thing. Like you worry about all that stuff. And then as they get older, you worry about who are they going to meet and, yes. you know, what's that going to look like? And, and now my worry is, you know, they're both going off to college and, and so they're leaving, like physically leaving. Yeah. And that part is nerve wracking. I'm not ready. I'm yeah. so not ready for that. I left them. They're at home. They're at my house, mm-hmm. and I'm. It occurred to me this morning. I haven't checked in with them in three days, and I'm like, I hope my cat's alive. <laughs> Poor Bean. <laughs> Poor little guy. He probably hasn't been fed. Mira hasn't left her room. She's up there gaming twenty four seven. Just eating Cheetos and gaming, he's, and yeah, he's probably down there like just scavenging trying to find something. <laughs> Poor little guy. Well, he is a cat, so he's probably really enjoying the alone time too. Yeah. No. He, that's, is here's he pretty thing. social? He's very social. He's just grumpy. <laughs> he's just an asshole, but he wants to be around you and be an asshole. Exactly. That's, that's his thing. He doesn't want to leave. He Come just, over here so I can be an asshole around you. Yeah, he wants you to know what a jerk he is, but he wants to be near you while he does it. This is, this is the way cats are. I love that. I'm pretty sure I was a cat in a past life. Yeah, I think I probably was too. I'll be one in a future life. I hope that. so. Bean is my uh, what I plan to be when I'm 75. <laughs> and he'll probably still be alive, so we'll have that together. That's oh the thing. Oh, my gosh. Cats live forever. <laughs> They're amazing. Forever and ever. Well, so your lifting program, this I love this title, Bad Bitch. How'd, yeah. you, how'd you come up with that? Or do you just such a bad bitch? That's how it came about. Ah. <laughs> uh, I don't, I can't really remember where the term bad bitch camp came to be. Um, I think a couple of years ago, like after I got divorced, I, before I got divorced, I found myself in this space where I was really in a victim mindset. Like everything was everybody else's fault. I took zero responsibility for anything. I was grumpy all the time. I was just a raging... What's your cat's name? Bean. Bean. I was a bean. Raging bean. (laughs) Um, And I... It was so weird. I literally remember the day. I don't know why. um, I was in my bathroom and I just like looked up in the mirror and I was like... I was so disappointed in the person that I had become. The woman that I had become. And that was the moment that I decided, like, I really need to start taking ownership of everything, start taking some responsibility for the way that my life has become, the way that I have treated certain people, like, stop blaming your freaking experience when you were a kid or your upbringing or your parents or your husband or whatever. Stop blaming everybody else and figure out what's going on with you. And so... From that moment forward, I kind of just tried to like embody who I felt like I needed to be. And for some reason, like be a bad bitch was just always just echoing through my head over and over and over again. And I told my dad that. And one time he was like, you need to be a bab, a badass bitch, a bab. And um, I felt like that kind of had been used a lot. And so I was like, I don't know about like a badass bitch, but like, yeah, bad bitch. And then it sort of just came to be from there. So it just like embodies, a, for me, it like embodies a woman who just takes full responsibility for everything that's going on in their life. I'm going to have to go back and tell my daughters to be badass bitches. <laughs> I actually have it when I text them, the, I've labeled the text stream my bitches. So it would actually work out. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> It's, 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 that's amazing. 
amazing. Well, that's who they are. Those are my bitches. Oh, my God. They just tolerate me at this point. <laughs> I'm sure they are so happy and lucky to have you. That's great. Some days, mo- usually I just get a lot of eye rolls for the jokes. Oh, and absolutely. The absolutely horrible things I will say in front of <laughs> teenage girls. <laughs> That's what they love. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll That's see. what they will learn to love if they pretend not to love it now. So how does it feel to know that you've influenced memes by me actually having to use the correct terms, terminology, in Olympic lifting just so I don't get nagged by you and your dad? <laughs> I feel really good about that. I actually do. I Verbiage is so important. And my dad, God forbid you ever say the word drop or catch in front of my father. He will just absolutely ream you for that. Oh, we, we saw that on the road. Uh, the Rogue Show. Oh my gosh. Well, that was the one. I, I did a post once and it was, I forget the punchline, but it's, I was going to use catch and then I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, 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 it's got to be received. And so I changed it because I didn't want to get yelled at by anybody. Because I remember so him yelling at it, Chase Ingram for that, yes. like just railing on him. I'm like, man, poor Chase. <laughs> and Chase should know better. He's a pro. <laughs> Chase is like, man, I'm just trying to do my job here. And <laughs> that was the best part of the show. That's so great. I Abs- love it. Absolutely the best part. So what's next for you? Um, man, I don't know. Just for me, I'm just still trying to like make a little headway in the weightlifting world in terms of helping beginners kind of fall in love with the sport, helping beginners and helping coaches get like a little bit more understanding of the sport. I really like the the mindset stuff surrounding athletes and, and getting them to sort of tap into themselves. Because weightlifting absolutely takes a lot of genetic potential. CrossFit takes a lot of genetic potential. But as luckily what we've been seeing more and more the past couple of years is that it's all about what's in between the ears. And that just like fascinates me. I have always overanalyze and overthought everything in life and so um, and my mindset was very weak growing up as a weightlifter and so when I kind of learned to tap to figure that out and tap into the mental side of things and when I saw my athletic career change from there and don't get me wrong I'm very moderately average but for me it really progressed solely because of of my belief in myself and kind of changing my my mindset that made me really want to like get out there and help other people do exactly the same so I think I'm just going to keep keep pursuing that that's my passion that's what I feel excited about like that's what I love talking to people about and I I think that anything that you do work-wise should make you feel that way. So that's kind of where my life is headed and still just trying to raise my kids to not be assholes. That's uh-huh. like the main thing. Good luck with that. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I just had an um, uh, athlete on, Maggie Perrin, who's a teen athlete. Uh, she's 19, but she competed at, um, at the MAC. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about mindset. And I said to her, you know, I've, I've met so many athletes, and when I asked them, you know, what are your goals going into a competition or going into the game specifically? Right. They all say the same thing to me. They Universally, they will all say, I'm going to win. And they get offended at the question <laughs> because how dare you think I'm not going to win? <laughs> and and I've always respected that mindset that they have the ability to have such self-confidence, particularly yes. when they know they're not going to win. Uh, Absolutely. You know, because there are, you know... There's only one winner, and this year it's going to be Tia, and <laughs> and every other year it's been Matt. Right. You know, and and I realize there's no lock, but these guys are stack ranked. Yeah. Like when you ask somebody who's 60th in the open, and they go, "Oh, I'm going to win," and they mean it, like that mindset's important. Absolutely. You know, and so I, I guess you know, this is, I don't know how much of a question this is, but I would love to see more women approach your you know your bad bitch program yes to help with that and because i i often feel like and i don't this isn't sexist but i do feel like often i see women be more afraid to be aggressive in the gym absolutely toward toward weightlifting in particular because there's been this underlying or even not even underlying just this predominant feeling for years that well if i do that i'll get bulky or i'll get injured or you know whatever 
Right. And I think that a lot of women feel that they're supposed to be a little bit like passive and, and meek and kind of quiet. And, and if they aren't, then they're a bitch, right? So right. it's like they feel like they're one or the other. If they're confident and self-assured and they say like, I'm going to win, I'm going to beat all of these other chicks in here, then it's crazy women's immediate thoughts are that girl's a bitch like and it doesn't need to be that way there can be this like i want that competitive fire i want women to go into competition mode or step onto the platform and like if you need to be a bitch to be the best athlete you can be and like find that fire inside of you then do it and then you step off the platform and you step out of that competitive zone and be kind. You don't have to just be one or the other. You can be you as a person and embody all that you want. And then you can do what you need to do to be the best athlete you can be. And kind of exploring all those different sides of you is the most powerful thing a woman can do because we all feel like, oh, I'm just a mom or I'm just a wife or I'm just a daughter. And and you, you can be everything that you are not just one of the things that you are so that's what i hope to help women do well look society has ingrained this in our mind that if a guy goes out and says i'm gonna win the game he's confident yes if a woman says she's gonna go out and beat everybody she's a bitch yeah how, how dare you say you're better than me exactly you know it's it's uh it's a mindset that's just been driven for years and years and years. It shouldn't be any surprise to anyone at this point. And I do think it's important that we have these conversations within the community that, you know, not everyone's going to be a Tia Claire, yeah. you know, or a Brooke Wells and have that confidence to come in and, and even have that athletic background. I think, as a matter of fact, I think most CrossFit females that come in are not confident coming in like they right. a lot of them don't have the and a lot of men too but you know they don't have the athletic background it's an intimidating environment you got people running around with their shirts off and they're half naked and it's crazy right it's what we all love about crossfit it's crazy right. you know <laughs> but you know i think you helping people develop that mindset is critically important to help them continue to advance and most importantly stay Yes. You know, you you don't want them here for a year. You want them here for decades, for exactly. the rest of their life. You know? Yeah. And you want it to carry over into other aspects of their life, too. And I think that's very, very important. Because if they feel good about themselves athletically, they feel good about themselves as a person. If they feel good about themselves as a person, they feel good about themselves athletically. And I think it all goes hand in hand with yep. each other. Agreed. Well, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. I super, really appreciate it. Super fun. Now you've learned everything about my cat. <laughs> I want to meet Bean very bad. I should have brought him. I, I thought about he leash training him. This. No, I need to leash train him and walk him. I, like seriously, I was like, if oh I could God. leash train him and walk him around the event. Please do that. Oh my God. I will walk him for you. He's kind of mini celebrity as it is. Like he has... <laughs> He has like 1,500 followers on Instagram, so Well, he's about to have 1,501 because he's, I am hooked on him now. He's ridiculous. And I thought, man, if I could leash train him and just walk him around the CrossFit Games, people would lose their that minds. That would be great. It would be amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad I was able to educate you on my, my cat hobby. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. Thank you. And uh, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining, and we'll chat with you guys soon.